0: Peace be with you. I just, my, I had, I was very blessed to have a very loving and practical, earthly father, and I hear his words ringing right now. <laughs> and one of them was, "You'd forget your head if it weren't screwed on tight enough." And so, some of you saw me make an exit, uh, stage right here, and. Uh, I've only been doing this for six years, and I forgot my headset. So, uh, anyway, deep breath. (sighs) Everyone take a deep breath. (sighs) And we're just gonna forget the things of the world because we're here for an audience of one, that's our Heavenly Father. And he's happy to see his kids sitting here all scrubbed up wearing their Sunday best and, and about to sing praises to him. And before we do that, I have some more announcements. There will be no soup for you on Thursday, Monday, Thursday. We are not doing the soup Thursday. But we are having Monday, Thursday services. However, there will be a brunch after the service next Sunday on Resurrection Sunday, and we invite you to stay for a nice little sit-down brunch, uh, and it'll be lovely. And so we hope that you can you can stay for a few minutes afterwards and enjoy uh, some fellowship and some food. And then I will let you read the rest of the bulletin at your leisure. And before we get started with our opening hymn, it is appropriate for us to read from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. And this is in regards to the triumphal entry. And I took this from my uh, seminary Bible, which is the English Standard Version. So just listen to this. The next day... The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see? You see that? You are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him.
1: Royal
0: and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment of silent reflection. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, We worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. You take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Mercifully grant that we may follow the example of his great humility and patience and be made partakers of his resurrection. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord,
2: The first reading is taken from the book of Zechariah, chapter nine, verses nine through 12, and can be found on page 1480 in the Pew Bible. Uh, these verses in the Bible are titled The Coming of Zion's King. Uh, this prophecy, more than 500 years before Jesus, is fulfilled when he enters into Jerusalem prior to his crucifixion, and then gives his blood for the forgiveness of all of our sins. Zechariah 9, 9 through 12. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim, and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations, His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. We will read Psalm 31 verses nine through 16 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin on page six. Four? (laughs) David writes about the helplessness or hopelessness everyone feels when we are hated or rejected. This uh, adversity is easier to accept if we realize that what's most important is our relationship with God. Psalm thirty-one, nine through sixteen. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My mind is consumed by anguish, and my ears are numb. My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones are weary. Because of all my enemies. I am the other contempt of my neighbors, and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am of dead. I have become my broken heart. For I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust. Many times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Our next reading is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter two, verses five through 11, and can be found on page 1827 in the Pew Bible. And although Paul is writing from prison, Joy is the dominating theme in this letter, and this passage is most likely a hymn sung by the early Christian church about the key actions in Jesus's life. Philippians 2, five through 11. In your relationship to one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: The Holy Gospel according to Saint John from the 12th chapter, glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel this morning is from Saint John, chapter 12, verses 20 through 43, and can be found on page 1671 in your pew Bible. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request, Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for the eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me and where I am my servant also will be my God will honor the one who serves me now my soul is troubled and what shall I say father save me from this hour no it was for this very reason that I came to this hour father glorify your name Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And he said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. Now the crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. And when he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Now even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so that they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In both Psalm 14 and Psalm 53 they begin with the exact, the exact same words. These are the words, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And we know that this coming Thursday, Monday, Thursday, falls on April the 1st. And April the 1st has been known as April Fool's Day. And it also could be known as Atheist Day. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Happy Atheist Day. Of course, the atheists say the same thing about you and me. They believe that we, Christians, are the fools. In fact, they would go so far as to say, you don't just have one day, every day is fool's day for a Christian. And this is also biblical, for the Holy Spirit inspired uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 23, he writes this and you've heard it before We preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles And as you know if the Holy Spirit is not at work in us a lot of what Jesus says seems and sounds foolish. Let's consider the word glory, for example. Glory. When the world talks about glory, it looks for things like accumulation of wealth and power, the building up of status, the establishing a positive public image, and so forth. It looks for the ability to impress desires upon other people, to impress their wants on other people, the ability to give commands and have other people carry out those commands. That is the sort of thing That the world thinks about when the world thinks of glory. Now Jesus, on the other hand, has an entirely different approach to glory. As Jesus rode the donkey into Jerusalem, he knew that the time would soon be fulfilled for him to pay the ultimate price to rescue all of mankind. He told the disciples over and over again that he would suffer many things at the hands of the Jewish authorities, that he would suffer and that he would die. And he knew that the time was at hand for all these things to happen. And even so, he said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now, how exactly are appearing before a kangaroo court, no justice? How exactly is getting beat to a pulp? How exactly is dying on a cross in any way glorifying. But that is what Jesus did. It's exactly what he did to to the world. That kind of action is not glory. It's foolishness. Then there is this statement of foolishness that he says, and you just heard, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Here Jesus states that he must die and that he must be buried like a seed before his church will grow. And the world tells us that it is hard enough to recruit followers when you are alive. It is most certainly impossible to do so after death. You could say the loyal followers might make you into a martyr, but everyone else would think you are a fool and maybe even pity you. You know, how foolish these words must have seemed to those who refused to believe. And then Jesus insisted that his followers should be just as foolish as he is. He said, whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now the world knows for a fact that you have to look out for number one, right? If it's to me, it's up to me. You've got to take care of yourself first. You've got to love yourself first and foremost if you are to do anything with your life. That's what the world says. The world says, how can hating your life in this world lead to any kind of glory? This is foolishness. Jesus said, I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. With these words, he told his followers that his death on the cross will bring all people to him. But the cross, the cross is a thing of shame. Not fame. What kind, of, what kind of marketing plan is that? Not a very strong one. What good can it do to have followers when you are dead? That isn't a plan, it's foolishness. From the world's point of view, the wise thing would have been to leverage that popularity that we're celebrating this morning that popularity among the mob of people who waved palm branches as he entered Jerusalem in the temple. <laughs> now there's a target audience. There's an opportunity. A power base, you could say. There is some political capital in that that could be spent. These people were excited. The world would tell us, and they would tell Jesus to build on that power base, to use those followers to exert power over the ruling authorities. They would say leverage those followers into a political machine that might take over the Jewish states. Perhaps maybe even to challenge Caesar himself. Now that is the kind of glory that the world can understand. Power. Influence, ruling, lording over. And popularity can lead to influence, and influence can lead to the kind of glory that the world desires. Jesus, more than anyone else, knew exactly what the glory of the cross meant for him. In anticipation of these events, they'd already taken their toll on him. And he shared his thoughts with the people who had praised him and now listened to his teaching. He said, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. And Jesus is the perfect human being, and his impending suffering and death, it bothered him. It bothered him as much as it would have bothered anyone. He knew. He knew what was about to happen. And it troubled. It troubled his soul. Now he could have backed out. He could have called on his father to rescue him. But that is not why he, the son of God, had taken on human flesh. He had to. He had to take our place. Because only he could could fulfill the law. He came to live the perfect life that we could not live. He came to to take God's wrath in our place. This was his purpose. This was the reason that he had taken on human flesh, and this was the reason that he entered Jerusalem to celebrate just one last Passover before his death. The glory of the cross would indeed be foolish if this world were all that there is. But you know that it isn't all that there is. And Jesus saw beyond the crucifixion to a new life. He saw the joy of heaven beyond the cross and the grave. He saw the glory of God that lay beyond the shame of the cross. He did know that a kangaroo court, a beating and a cross awaited him. But he also knew That he would pass beyond these things and enter the glory of God. And he knew that when he was buried like a seed in the ground, that he would return to a new life. And that he would not only enter the glory of God, but he would bring us along with him. And through his death and burial, a living thing would grow from him. A living thing that is like a plant growing from a single seed. And that living thing is the holy Christian church, the community of all who believe in him. Take a look around at the seeds. Take a look around what came from his death. And all the teachings of the Bible, as you've heard me say, all of the teachings focus on Jesus Christ. The law shows us our need for Jesus Christ. The good works that the Bible encourages are only possible because Jesus Christ has freed us from the slavery of sin. And all the teachings of the Bible, every jot and tittle, depend on the glory of God as expressed in the shame on that cross. How ironic that we have an instrument of death on our wall. A shameful thing. And as we remember Jesus lifted up on the cross this week, we remember how he draws us to him. Again, the Holy Spirit inspired St. Paul to write Romans chapter 6, 3 and 4, and he says this, do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death, that we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that Just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit works through baptism to place in our hearts faith, a gift. And then it puts our feet on the way to the cross. Our faith allows us to, like Jesus, resolutely turn towards the cross and the glory that comes from it. So, yes, today we prepare to enjoy. A day for fools and pranks on Thursday, April 1st, if that's your thing. But every day is fool's day for those who believe in the foolishness of the cross. It is also a good day every day to remember the foolishness of that cross. The foolishness that saves us. And on this day, and every day of foolishness, we can remember the rest of the words that Paul wrote to the saints in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 1.18, and Paul writes this, and I end with this. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, It is the power of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you please stand, if you're able. Let us confess together our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth for all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us in our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit,
3: As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you already have been hearing our constant personal prayers all week and know our troubles, disgust and despair regarding especially the behavior of our leaders and elected representatives in our government. The extent and depth of the sin around us and committed by us is clouding the joy and brightness of your creation and the blessings you have given the United States. We're drowning in hate and lies as well as violence against one another. Our children are suffering from separation and hopelessness and we don't know what to do about it. We worry for the future of our nation which has become strongly divided but even more We worry about the bad examples and poor lessons being taught to our children, which will manifest in their future. Help us teach our children to think beyond themselves and avoid the mistakes we have made. Please help us comfort our children and give hope to them wherever hopelessness and despair hide within their thoughts. Holy Father, we thank you with all of our hearts for the joy and jubilation that fills this Palm Sunday as we empathize with the joyous feelings and attitudes of the Israelites 2,000 years ago, who saw Jesus' entry into Jerusalem as their new king and savior, but not from sin, but from Roman occupation, oppression, and brutality. They had no idea what you and your son Jesus were really doing. We know from your holy word and scripture that the Israelites' plan and what they expected was very small and limited, as they anticipated Jesus liberating them from the earthly enemies and problems. They were content with their sins against you, as we often are today, and confined their plans and expectations to earthly remedies. We too, like our biblical forefathers, too often seem content in our sins and look and pray for earthly relief from things that cause us worry and doubt. Thank you for granting us the rest of the story through your written words so that we can look ahead and realize that your plan to save our souls and guarantee an eternal place with you was accomplished on Easter Sunday. Thank you for the benefit and peace that comes from reading history and your accomplished plan in the Bible rather than wandering about our future. We give you thanks for the small family of believers at this church and for our Pastor Ken. Though we have doubted our future together, you have sustained us beyond our imaginations. Thank you, Lord. You also know that we are not all as young as we used to be, whether we admit it or not, and that you care deeply for each one of us individually as well as a congregation. Many of us face health issues of varying degrees, or know of someone who is. And we thank you for your healing touch and for reminding us of your gift of eternal life through Jesus that gives us your peace when we worry about our future or are anxious about how we will face possible medical treatments or how our family members and loved ones will handle our absence when you call us home. All of these concerns result from Satan whispering in our minds to cause doubt in your love for us. Holy Spirit, please fill our hearts and minds with the knowledge of God's love and permanence in our lives, displacing any doubts we may have when earthly struggles create uncertainty and worry. We pray for the safety of our military, police, firefighters, and law enforcement officers who face danger every day even more so these days. Please protect them all from evil. We pray for wisdom for our president, and especially those who advise him. We also pray for our citizens who have been affected by violent storms and destruction. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would protect our nation's citizens from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And also we pray for the thousands of migrants who have been foolishly invited to risk their lives to come to our southern border. Our leaders don't know what to do and are too stubborn to admit it. We need your guidance to properly and compassionately address this crisis. Please open our minds and grant us Solomon's wisdom as we seek a remedy. Thank you especially and always for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. And again, as we leave this sanctuary today, we pray that we remember for more than a few minutes that we are all part of the body of Christ and are his representatives. As Christians, Holy Spirit, help us curb our thoughts and tongues and not return anger for anger, but act as Jesus would want us to. Help us leave as better Christians than when we arrived this morning. Into your hands, Lord, we commend for all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Boy, I wish we could share the peace like we used to. We're getting close, I think, but let's share the peace responsibly from a distance. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. Then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, he said, "Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. For the for, do this this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me." And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection and his glorious, triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The land is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. A foretaste of the feast to come, a feast that has been paid for, not by you or by me, but by him on that cross for you and his glory, God's glory It's a glorious meal. It is a meal that is a means. In other words, it is a tool. It is a sacrament that imparts on you grace, forgiveness of sins, and salvation. And it is for all who believe and confess with their lips that Jesus is Lord. And I heard you. So you may be seated. The table is prepared. And one last thing. There are some, and I won't look at them, but y'all can just sit there, and I'll come to you. I really hope you let me do it, because uh, you got a reservation, and I want to walk over and kneel next to you and give you communion, okay? There is no reason not to do that. You deserve it. You deserve a break today, and I'm your guy, okay? So let's get ready, and let's have the meal.
1: day comes and i find myself standing in the sun i can only imagine when all i would do is forever forever worship you i can only imagine yeah i can only imagine So win.
0: I didn't offend you by calling you fools. The world's already done it. I don't think you're fools. I think you're just as smart as can be, like me. That is our faith. That is in Jesus, not in ourselves, but what he worked on that cry of cross. Christ and him crucified. Oh my goodness, he said it again. But it's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be more complicated. He hit the home run, and we got the credit. Thank you, Jesus. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And now the benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All creatures of our God and King.
4: God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. so strong ye clouds that sail in heaven along oh praise him hallelujah thou rising morning praise rejoice ye lights of evening find a voice oh